0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
0: Shut up and sit down.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of 4th Down Focus brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of 4th Down University. If you're into sports betting... BetOnline is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win a championship, BetOnline has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, check out Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 45 of the podcast welcomes David Stretch, Special Teams Coordinator for England's Manchester Titans. Stretch started watching American football on television when he was nine years old, and immediately fell in love with the game. In 2001, he began his coaching career serving as a Special Teams Coordinator for the Hanforth Hammerheads. He would later serve as the Bolton Bulldogs Wide Receivers Coach in 2009, the Manchester Titans Offensive Coordinator in 2011, and the lancashire wolverines running back coach and special teams coordinator in 2014. he would later return to the manchester titans to serve as a special teams coordinator in 2017 and he is still currently coaching there today stretch is helping to create manchester bees a development adult team that would give adults in manchester an opportunity to learn and play american football david it is a pleasure to have you on the show how are you doing today
2: I'm doing very well, thank you. It's coming up to one o'clock in the morning over here. So kind of like, but I got a cup of coffee and I'm ready to go.
1: For those people who don't know David, I met David on a platform called Teams Talk. And we'll talk about that today a little bit. But I was always very impressed because these, these Teams Talks, as they call them, it's a group of coaches that come together, network, talk about football and strategy and all, all these things. And one day I was just like, wait a second, this guy, David, is in England. Holy. And I was doing the math and I think it was five, five to six hours later than our nine o'clock start time in the evening. So what an impressive, that would
2: have been two o'clock,
1: two. Yeah. So, Hey, two, two AM and you're on there till at least we go sometimes as long as two, two and a half hours. So I commend you for, for your passion in American football. And we're going to talk today about a little bit about that. So can you explain uh, the American football scene in England right now from the structure, the youth and the professional levels and uh, perhaps how the sport is growing and plans to continue this momentum moving forward?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, Well, that's a big question and covering a lot of things. Um, Basically, I think the first difference kind of like we have over here to what you have in the States is that we are totally amateur club um, organization. So what that means is kind of like take our example at Manchester Titans is that if you're aged from anywhere from eight upwards um, and can pay the subs kind of like to cover the costs of the, you know, team the kind of like cost of a rent and field and such like we've got a spot for you and that's something that we take great pride in is kind of like being able to provide an opportunity for everyone in manchester to if they want to have a try at american football at at whatever age i think the most visible part of our um adult's of our team is our adult over 18 team. Um, they're currently in the premiership division of um, the National League. Our National League has um, three tiers, uh, premiership, division one and division two, and they're separated by ability. And kind of like after every season, we have a promotion and relegation, so we can go up a level or we can go down a level, depending on how well you did the previous season. Um, Another thing which is perhaps different in, in this country than it is in the States is uh, we only train two times a week. That's a Sunday afternoon and a Wednesday evening. So I, it adds up to five hours a week in total, uh, because you know we're an amateur team, and everyone else, you know all the players and coaches have got jobs and lives away from it. So it's more like a hobby. Uh, So kind of like, as you can imagine, that kind of like five hours a week uh, training time, practice time, is difficult to kind of like get everything, you know, together. And um, I think we do a pretty decent job It's kind of like, you know, with those time constraints, you know, we're not going to be as good as, you know, the Americans who are training, you know, five times a week and all that, you know, for two hours. But you know we do, I think you know, do well with what we've got. Um, so that's the adult team. Um, feeding into that, we've got an under nineteen team, which is from ages sixteen to nineteen, and they are kind of like, um, I suppose, high school, what uh, in the states and, and that level. Um, And then below that, we've got uh, 14 to 16 age range. And then below that, we can go down to eight with the cadets. Um, Also as well, um, our season is, um, we play in the summer. So we play from April to September. Um, We also have um, universities who have their own teams who play in their own league and they play from november to uh, march april so if you're of a university age you can actually play american football for 12 months a year going to your question about how popular it is it, to me it's sort of like it's stagnated a little bit for past 5 years it it grew it's grown from the past you know first 15 years of uh, the millennium, but now it seems to have kind of like found its level. You know, it's it's not going to be as popular as soccer or rugby over here, but it's got kind of like, it's got a firm, small fan base. It's kind of like that second tier of sports, if you will, um, from kind of like the main sports, which you may associate England with
1: yeah that was a lot to digest but it's it's awesome to hear that uh the university has a has a presence you know at, the, at that level that because that's where it, i think has to start and hopefully that there's a generation or two of kids that um started at eight like you mentioned and um played every year leading into university and um i think that's when it becomes uh there becomes more of a need for for more structure and and it's unfortunate to hear the stagnant uh, growth recently, but I'm hoping that had a little bit to do with, with COVID probably didn't help at all uh, with things like this that are emerging, like the NFL and NBA and stuff. They're going to survive through catastrophic events globally, but emerging anything <laughs> I think was killed or, or halted significantly in terms of growth. Um, I just think that England, you know, my father is from England, as you know, and we've talked about a couple of times, he came to this country for soccer and I grew up playing soccer. I mean, your football, but I'm going to, I'm going to use that ugly term soccer. Oh yeah. I, I understand. <laughs> sure. Sure. But I hope, I just want you to know, I know what a pitch is and, and things like that. I grew up with a British dad who made me say boots and not cleats. And I used to be so mad at that. He put your boots on. I'm like, dad, dad, these are American kids, you know, <laughs> you know, like, so I get it. But my and all that was, um, I grew up and realized very quickly the opportunity here was American football. Well, my dad came from another country and took my scholarship, essentially. And that still goes on. So a lot of really good soccer players in this country in high school kind of flirt with for the first time what it is I do and that you do. And that's special teams um, because we have this acquired skill set through soccer. And I think that England is such a good market for specialists because of two sports that are passion passionate people are passionate about there and that's rugby and soccer so there's just so many kids that could potentially come over here and do what australia is now doing with punting Um, and i'd love to talk to you more about that because it's just it's there i mean it's already there and there's not enough kids that can make it to the premiership or or play in the first division of rugby so get those kids that maybe didn't make it at 19 20 to to really hone in on that skill set that is appealing over here to the states and that's foreign born players who sometimes just have a different edge, a different way to see things, you know, like they're more, they're more grateful in a lot of ways. And I hate to generalize, but I do coach kids from all over the, uh, the world, I should say. And one thing I will say about Americans is sometimes we don't realize how good we have it, you know, and, and, and the, and it's, it's, a little bit of ignorance, you know, and it's a little bit of nativity, but I think that um, there's something special about something that, that, that knows how blessed they are every day. So I talk about gratitude a lot with my players because I realize that that's a competitive edge. Um, I know we're giving it off on a tangent, but let me get to uh, a little bit more about this. So as I mentioned, like soccer is King globally, especially in England. Right. Yeah. And I, and I get it. You said it, they're always going to embrace uh, their games um, because you guys made those games. So do, do you see a rise um, in these English soccer players um, on the cusp or do you foresee that happening? Um that, that maybe we, we can and will see some more English soccer players coming and playing American football in college?
2: Um, at the moment, I don't see it happening at all. Um, I think kind of like the problem we have at the moment over here is perhaps kind of like those soccer players who are kind of like at that, you know, 18, 19, 20. They may still have the dreams of... Um, playing in the Premiership or playing soccer professionally. And also, I think there's also a problem that we have is they don't necessarily know that there may be an opportunity elsewhere, you know, kind of like thinking laterally and thinking that I can kick a football because that's what I've been doing and training for the past 15 years or so of my life. But kicking something, you know, a different shape in a different country, where kind of like the sport is actually, you know, it provides a position where you just kick a football and that's all you do. And I don't think there's kind of like the the players over here, as I say, don't realize that there may be that opportunity or kind of like, you know, what that opportunity may look like you know, to them in the future. Um, So I think it'll depend on kind of like who is that first one to take that chance and make it in the States, you know, kind of like to pave the way for others to follow. Uh, But until that happens, you know, it's going to be who's going to be first to kind of like be the pioneer (laughs) going across the pond.
1: Well, it sounds like you got a job to do brother.
2: It does. does
1: No, I, I, I think that anything is possible. And I, you know, I think that, uh, well, I don't think I know Japan is doing a wonderful job. Um, similar to what we discussed with England and Germany does a good job too, but there's like 200 universities in Japan that have an organized team and several have two levels, like an A and a B squad, if you will. And as you know, um, another big soccer nation japan so there's a lot of really good specialists over there and there's an academy now so i don't know i'd love to to talk to you more about how we can help make this happen even if it's the grassroots level initially and just you know giving kids free instruction and just educating them as to there are in fact options as you mentioned um so i'm gonna talk about how i met you on teams talk and i know i've previously stated it so we got together a few times as a group and you were always on there um, and it was various things. Sometimes I presented, sometimes I was listening in on a coordinator or, or just a specialist in a particular area. And it's, it's I've grown a lot as, as a coach uh, through this network. I want to ask you, though, um, and I'll just give a shout out real quick to Garrett McLaughlin. Like what a wonderful human being. Uh, he's a college coach here in the country and he he facilitates these meetings. And that's how I met David today. So uh, thanks to Garrett, because he listens to the show as well. Could you share with, with us some things, maybe one thing in, in particular that you've learned in these meetings that has helped you um, and you've applied these things in a game setting or, or just at practice? Um, well, I mean, first of all, I just want to take the opportunity to
2: thank Garrett myself uh, because... I don't think he will truly realise or understand just how important kind of like a resource like Teams Talk has been to me over the past year or so. Um, Kind of like one of the problems we have over here is kind of like, you know, getting information from coaches in the States um, or kind of like, you know, we know that coaches in the States are generally open to kind of like sharing the drills and everything, but it's just sometimes difficult for us or to me, I feel that um, to approach them and kind of like, how do you go about approaching them? Because they don't know you from Adam. Um, So I want to thank Garrett for that and all the speakers, because as I say, they've, Been a great resource and hopefully it shall continue on into the future. Um, So, going on to your question, um, I mean, I think I've learned a lot from the talks. Uh, I feel like the depth of my knowledge in all aspects of special teams has grown. Um, But I think one thing, kind of like because you're a specialist and so looking at it from a specialist point of view is, I, th- I can't remember who it was who said it, but it was kind of like build your scheme around what your specialists can do. And I think, you know, that's the, the, that sounds so simple, but kind of like hearing someone say it, it makes you think, well, am I actually doing that? Or am I kind of like, sort of like taking a scheme and trying to copy and pasting it and trying to force my specialist into kind of like kick it into this area. I want this kick, whether he can or can't do it. And I it made me feel realize that kind of like maybe I should do it the other way around and make the specialist, you know, the kicker, you know, ask him and see what he can do and kind of like show him at his best. And then kind of like we can design the scheme around that rather than putting it the other way around so i think that was a really important and interesting thing that i learned
1: yeah i i want to comment on that i think that oftentimes and it's just like it's not just football or soccer it's life is when people don't have more than one way to do something they're going to do it regardless and 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 they're going to be stubborn about it but i think the people that reach reach out to some people that are resourceful or have some knowledge and whatever it is we're talking about and says, here's my problem, you know, and they acknowledge they have one. Uh, That's when we, that's when we grow. And it sounds like that you have grown through this network and now you don't have to bang your head into a wall and do it the only way you know how, because now you have contingency plans because you've actually admitted that, Hey, there is a problem. You know, so I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I I think I think about that a lot in our kicking industry alone is people are very close minded and they feel that once they have their way, that that is the way. And I I will always tell myself that what you're doing is a rough draft. Whatever you do in life is, is a rough draft currently, because it can always be refined and improved and be better. And you mentioned the word stagnant earlier, and I love using that word because I hate to think that anything that I ever do is stagnant. I want to always grow. And sometimes I might in the effort to grow, I might go back a few steps, but I think that it's going to be okay because, you know, we have to get worse before we get better. I know that's cliche, but it's true, you know? Um, So I I appreciate you sharing that because it's cool that you were open and receptive and you were, you kind of put yourself out there and said, I know I'm across the pond and several thousand miles away, but I have a passion in what it is you guys do too. And can I join in? So I, I, I really thank you for, for doing that. And I I feel grateful to call you a friend now. Um, I want to ask something just out of the blue, but it seems, seems simple, but why special teams you've coached running backs I see in your history and wide receivers, but your passion, it seems to have been on fourth down and, uh, people often use fourth down as a bathroom break here in, here in the States. You know, like they'll literally at a bar or a restaurant or the house when fourth down happens and it's just a punt or an extra point or even a kickoff sometimes is weird, but they'll leave and go to the bathroom or go fill up their soda, whatever it is. So can you explain why special teams?
2: Uh, well, I could flip that question around and ask why not, I suppose. But <laughs> but I, I mean, it's a, I, I think, um, One of the things is kind of like going way back to when I first started watching American football as a nine-year-old kid. Um, It was on television, kind of like back then in the 80s in England, we only had four channels. So kind of like channel surfing only took about 10 seconds. (laughs) Um, So kind of like on a Sunday um, evening, they showed about an hour-long program of, Uh, American football highlights and that's what kind of like got me hooked on the sport you know that was the first time I saw it yeah I cannot remember kind of like I can't remember the date but I can remember kind of like not knowing about American football and then from that point on being a huge fan of American football. I can't remember that little bit in between of kind of like learning the game. So kind of like it obviously had um, a great impact on this nine-year-old kid. Um, So kind of like going back to it, they showed highlights and, you know, obviously they showed offense versus defensive plays. And if you think about it, the only time they show highlights of a special teams Play is when there's a punt blocked or a kickoff return for a touchdown or a punt return for a touchdown. You know, a big play. So I think kind of like you know, way back in my early days, I was thinking that, hey, special teams means big plays. Amen. So, so you know, that's that's how I felt. And there's another. I'll I'll give you another story. Um, kind of like. As an 11-year-old, um, I went to watch uh, the Fylde Falcons play the Leicester Panthers. Now, kind of like these are teams that you've never heard of. But believe me, you've heard of the quarterback of the uh, Leicester Panthers, who was Sean Payton, oh. who's obviously the head coach of the uh, New Orleans Saints now. Yeah. I can't remember much about him, to be honest, playing, but I can remember that every uh, the Falcons scored two touchdowns and on the ensuing kickoff of those two touchdowns, the Panthers returned it back for a touchdown. And I I wanted to understand kind of like how could that happen? I mean, once it's a fluke, it's okay, but twice is there something going wrong? Are the Panthers that much better than the Falcons, who I was supporting? Um, So kind of like that's what drove me on, I think, is kind of like trying to find out, you know, what is special teams? You know, what makes some teams better at special teams than other teams? um, And just kind of like thinking that this is – as a section of the game a third of the game that's not thought of much by you know many coaches um and kind of like you know is that an advantage for me to have so th- that's that's basically my thinking it's kind of like you know it's it's an advantage to be taken by me
1: <laughs> absolutely you know they say that They don't say this is a, this is a fact one in six and a half plays at every level in United States is a special teams play. That's a almost 20%. You're talking more than 15, less than 20, but it, it occurs often enough that if team a prepares in that aspect of the game and team B doesn't, I think that you witnessed it that night. And that's a 14 point swing plus, the plays that are boring that no one talks about, which is just a, a punt and a fair catch, but that's a relinquishing of 45, 50, 55 yards in net gain or loss to a team. So it's it's boring to someone who doesn't understand the importance of field position. And I think that you, you notice right away, I think the initial appeal was, yeah, that guy just got laid out on kickoff or he just went 80 yards for a punt return. But in addition to that, those, those seemingly boring plays are are huge collective swings in the game. And I'll give you one example is Alabama. Obviously we all know Alabama is the best team in college football and they have been for a while now and they were playing Florida and the Florida Gators are good, but not quite as consistent in recent memory. Um, There was an sec championship that Florida Gators won uh, years ago, but not too long ago. And I was talking to the quarterback coach at a conference and I was like, that was a huge win, you know? And he sat down and he's like, have you ever seen a hidden yardage analysis? And I was like, well, no, I mean, I, I know what hidden yardage is, but I've never really seen a breakdown of it. He showed me a 240-yard difference in field position on fourth down alone, net gain for Florida. And they won by, I don't know, I think it was seven or eight, maybe nine points. You do the math. Come on, that's that's a good offense. you know. So the better team probably didn't win that night but the team that won special teams, that was a catalyst. And that's why I love it. That's why I'm I'm so obsessed with it because the best coaches in this country is usually who I, I go seek because uh, they value it, you know, and I always I always leave with something new and, and a takeaway that helps me. So, again, I mean, I, I love talking to you about teams. I have one more question for you. Um, I just want you to briefly explain this current project you have with the Manchester Bees. I thought that was really cool.
2: Um, Yeah, well, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the Manchester Titans wanting to provide an opportunity for everyone to um, play American football if they want to. Um, What we've found with our current adult team is because kind of like the competing at the top end of a premiership, there's a gap that's kind of like the um, graduating under-19s and kind of like any rookies, you know, 22, 23-year-olds who've just tried American football for the first time, it's difficult for them to try to get into that team because that team is sort of like loaded with some of the better players um, in the country. So what we're trying to do is we're creating this B team, which will kind of like, you know, is their natural home and kind of like whether they kind of like you know want to stay in the bees and kind of like just enjoy playing football or kind of like learn uh, use the bees as a stepping stone further on you know in a couple of years' time to try for a premiership you know it's it's up to them but you know we're offering we're creating this team to um, offer you know more people. Uh, an opportunity to play football. Um, currently, kind of like we're at 24 players. Uh, so we're kind of like on the cusp of becoming a team. But one of the best things that I've kind of like found, you know, throughout this year of kind of like tra- training and practice with them is kind of like the culture and the camaraderie that's developed within the players, yeah, I can see kind of like a team forming and it's, it's rewarding. It really is rewarding. It's perhaps one of the most rewarding things I've done in my coaching career so far, just seeing a group of players coming together. We haven't played any games yet. We don't know when we'll play games, but they're, they're together because they want to be there. And, that for me kind of like when I'm traveling from Blackpool, 50 miles away uh,
1: to coach them just heartens me. I think it's awesome. There's so many pauses that will come out of this. You know, you're going to find um, some people that are probably very naturally gifted and will go on to play at the premiership level. But I think generally speaking, most of these people will just develop a, a passion for the game that they'll share with others. And, they'll have kids. And again, like, I think this is the way, this is the only way for growth is, is you got to start it and you've got to encourage others that you trust to to kind of carry that torch because I think it's, it should be, there's so many people in England that probably just aren't God given soccer players or rugby players. And why not have more options? You know, why can't this be a a, a more prevalent option? Something that's in their face and, and discussed or, Oh, my friend plays it. will turn into that. And I I think that you're, you're a good person to, to help with that. A good ambassador for our sport over there. Um, the last thing I want to ask you um, is a few ways that you might be able to share uh, contacts uh with the audience uh, how can they reach you uh, if they want to follow up with you and talk to you
2: yeah i think the best way is probably through twitter uh, my twitter handle is at coach d um and follow me hit me up anytime and i'll answer away and kind of like i look forward to kind of like making contacts with anyone
1: who's listening in yeah i appreciate that and i will post a little teaser on Twitter and I'll tag you as well. So if, anyway, man, I really appreciate it. I'm gonna let you go to bed. Uh, I can't thank you enough. Um, so it does mean a lot to me, but not only myself, but everyone here at fourth down focus that, you know, you were able to share just your story and, and your country's story and, and how our, our sport over here is going over there. Um, just, just very grateful for, for this. And, uh, anyway, I want to give the audience an opportunity to uh, give us a five star a review subscribe to the show Share it with a friend. If you have any questions related to the podcast or for Coach Stretch, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com. It's a resource for specialists and coaches of specialists. On social media, my Instagram and Twitter are at fourthdownu, And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me by simply searching Dan Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at 4th Down Focus presented by BET Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. I hope 2021 is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks.